Hi, everybody. This is Chuck Sipe, Assistant Superintendent at Roxbury Schools, here with a bunch of my colleagues, the CNI team, uh, to talk about our summer learning program here in Roxbury. So let's introduce ourselves, and we're going to give a little bit of background. We're going to talk about some of the research, and then really talk about what we do here in Roxbury and why we offer the program we do. So let's go around the table and say hi. Hi, I'm Erica Kelly. I'm the Pre-K through 6 Applied Sciences Supervisor. Hi, everyone. It's Lisa Bellardino, the Pre-K to 6 Humanities Supervisor. Hello, it's Eric Schmidt, ELA supervisor for grades 7 through 12. Hi, I'm Jeff Fashina. I'm the supervisor for mathematics, business, and family consumer sciences for grades 7 through 12. Hi, this is Matt Trokin. I'm the supervisor for social studies and world languages for grades 7 through 12. Hi, everybody. My name is Matthew Maughan. I'm the grades 7 through 12 science, engineering, design, technology, and visual arts supervisor. All right. So you, right out of the gate, you might be thinking summer work is generally reading. Uh, at least it was when I was a kid. Um, and so you're going to hear a little bit more about why all of these professionals are here because they've all prepared uh, opportunities for students to engage with purposeful learning throughout the summer. So before we get into our program, let's talk about the research. About five or six years ago here in Roxbury, uh, we dug deep into the question of why summer learning, what is the purpose, and how does it potentially impact students positively and or negatively, and probably most likely both, um, particularly as it pertains to their attitude and affect surrounding school, um, as well as their excitement for the return to a new school year. Uh, and so very quickly, what we've found that the research suggests is that the main value, the main value of summer learning is about access to materials. Uh, it's not necessarily mandatory work. It's not necessarily coming back to some sort of assessment. Uh, these things are often tied to false motivation or the hopes, I guess, of motivation, right? The carrot and stick, more of a stick than a carrot. Um, but it's really about access. How do we provide access to students that um, for materials, for learning opportunities that are really highly motivational, that are personally connected, that give them choice? So let's go around the room, talk a little bit about your perception of the research and how it has driven your participation in the redesign of Roxbury Summer Learning. So one thing that we kind of dug into a few years back uh, was this concept of a summer slide. We understand that students who do not have access and kind of take a, a gap summer from learning uh, come back at a learning loss. Um, we Data had historically suggested that that could be as significant as a grade or two levels below where they started. So uh, an eighth grader who was on course to uh, have eighth grade level skills, might come into ninth grade at a seventh grade level. Uh, so we wanted to look at our own data to see, you know, what did that suggest? And we had seen with our uh, reading diagnostic scores that that, that was the case. Uh, students who were not participating in summer learning were losing up to like a grade level um, on our reading diagnostic scores. We had introduced a few changes and then reevaluated our students' performance. Uh, we'll talk about some of those changes in a minute, but we were happy to see that the summer slide was like entirely mitigated, uh, eliminated, and students were entering prepared to tackle that grade-level expectation. So I appreciate you sharing that background, Eric, about why, why, why we've made changes here. Uh, another huge change, although Eric started to kind of tease everyone about the changes from the, the secondary language arts program, is... We started to ask the question, why just secondary reading, right? A lot of the summer, a lot of summer programs are called summer reading, and they generally get introduced at the secondary middle school level uh, and go up through the high school with frequent um, culmination of 
book reports, tests, things like that upon the return to school. And we started to ask the question, like, one, a lot of questions. One, why is that important? Um, two, does it really benefit student learning the way we think it does, right, with that, that test, the specter of a test at the return of school? Uh, but then additionally, we started to talk about how it, like kids like all sorts of learning opportunities, right? There are students who may not be inclined to pick up a book when they have some free time. Maybe they would rather do a science experiment or learn about history or engage in some math. Um, and so how do we cultivate and, and um, support students who have a variety of learning interests? Um, as additionally, how do we expand that beyond the secondary level, right? Young, our youngest learners are also interested in learning. Uh, they're interested in reading, and we want them to understand that learning is a lifelong process, and it begins early, right? Oftentimes, we need parents to facilitate that with our youngest learners, K-1-2. Um, but as students move up through elementary school, they, they're interested in learning. They're interested in doing things. So how do we provide them opportunities to do that? So while Eric has some real hard evidence about the, how the changes that have happened in the secondary language arts program have impacted student return to school, I'd invite other people to kind of jump in and talk about um, the value of experiences provided in the summer for everybody else. So one of the things I focused on when designing um, the science su summer learning was to really kind of dive deep into topics that aren't necessarily addressed in depth in the classroom, but um, you know are touched upon uh, through simulations and experiments uh, with the students to kind of invoke that passion and discovery amongst the students to create lifelong learners and expose them to different things they may not have been uh, you know aware of um, to foster that creativity and that uh, you know exploratory learning. Um, so that's how the science is geared: more simulation and labs and experiments. Um, and things along those lines, uh, yeah, for our summer learning. Yeah, so in, to piggyback off of that mathematics, we kind of used a choice board for the secondary level to give students opportunities in various ways in order to explore mathematics and kind of maintain their skills uh, that they go on. You know, typically you would see like that good old math packet for the summer, um, but, you know, technology's kind of passed us by with that, so we kind of offer the kids a lot more, uh, a lot of different opportunities, some various application projects, too, that they could use their mathematics to explore. Uh, we still offer that, you know, basic kind of skill maintenance through our IXL program, but we also offer a variety of opportunities for our students to explore mathematics and just kind of have fun with it over the summer. And uh, to uh, round out the secondary group um, with regard to summer reading, um, what you'll notice if you take a look at the summer reading assignments uh, is the label of humanities. Um, and that is certainly because we wanted to encompass the social studies. Uh, there's many primary sources that are uh, available for students to explore and connect to what it is they're reading um, in terms of an ELA book, uh, as well as videos and other items that are going to be of interest to students that connect to what the, they're reading in English. At the elementary level, we found it extremely important to ensure that the students were highly engaged over the summer and they had access to materials that they can do individually but also with their families to make it fun. So when we think about um, what children can do at the elementary level, K-6 to six in specific, some of these activities included choice boards, as some of my colleagues had mentioned at the secondary level, um, activities to do outside, um, bucket list reading activities of all different places that they could read or they can write to ensure that we're sustaining those skills that they've learned all throughout the year. Um, it's so important for students to be able to continue to read and write over the summer to ensure that they are um, accurate and fluent to build those comprehension skills and to have those conversations 
with their parents, but not only in reading and writing, but also across all subject areas and disciplines. So when you think of um, how we're supporting the whole child, we think of the arts, PE, SEL. So the website that my colleague and I had created includes a ton of activities across all disciplines where students can engage in activities such as virtual visits to different places all over the country, um, field trips, um, some activities to get them up and moving, but then also thinking about how they could be a part of a community um, and an active member of society through doing some projects over the summer as well. I think the beauty of the elementary summer learning materials too is that it's multifaceted, just as Ms. Bellardino said. So basically we have the choice boards that really focus on the content and the skills to help students really not slip into that summer slide that Mr. Schmidt was referring to with the data so that they're still working at a third grade level if they just graduated from third grade and are moving on to fourth grade. However, what we also implemented that Ms. Bellardino went into was a lot of different activities for the students to engage in within their real world and their real lives and their everyday lives. So there's a lot of reading and writing opportunities um, in terms of mathematics and science. There's a lot of STEM-based activities built within where their students really get to apply basically all the concepts that they're practicing from the choice board into real world context and they could work on things like problem solving skills, which are essential for when they move forward in their educational careers. So one of the things that I feel like I, I hear as an underlying theme here, uh, there's two things. One was kind of described, which is high levels of choice. We've referenced choice boards, we're referencing opportunities, simulations, projects, experiences, uh, high levels of choice. And so I guess I'm primarily speaking to the adult audience who's hopefully listening to this about and, and ask them to reflect on their experience with summer learning. I mean, I can I will speak frankly about mine. It was drudgery. It was a pile of books that I did not pick that I didn't have any input on. And quite frankly, as fair, fair or unfair, I don't really look back fondly on really any of them. Um, I mean, I remember putting it off and putting it off. It created countless arguments in our house. Um, my, I remember my parents needed to set very specific like benchmarks, like you need to have two chapters read by the time I get home from school or you're not going to the pool kind of thing. And, and so it just kind of, you know, created this experience where reading was punishment. Um, but largely that was my, my parents needed to hold me accountable, right? That's part of the role of parenting. Um, but had it been in any way, something I was even remotely interested in, it probably wouldn't have been as painful. Um, and then what ended up happening, let's be realistic, it got smushed into like Labor Day weekend. And then there was like this glossary speed read thing that kind of happened just so I could keep everybody off my back. My teachers that I was about to get that I hadn't met yet, my parents, you know, and I, I there was nothing else, right? There was no math. There were no science experiences. There were no opportunities to connect to historical context, context, all the things you guys are talking about didn't exist. Um, so that's number one is this concept of choice, allowing students to play a role in their summer experience. If we want to be fair, summer experiences, with maybe some exceptions of high-level coursework for the high school, kids who are moving into AP classes, things like that, the, the vast majority of summer work is maintenance, right? If student, If we can put something in place where students return to school close to where they left, right, we're in good shape, it starts to break down that idea that September is reteaching last year and getting us back on track, which in fairness is one-tenth of the entire school year. Like, we can't squander that time. But the piece that gets left out, which I think you all have worked very hard to incorporate, is, I know this sounds crazy, fun, right? The summer is supposed to be relaxing. It's an opportunity to recuperate. It's an opportunity to be with family, to get outside, to play, to do things 
that this, the, the hustle and bustle of the school year don't really allow us to do all the time. And so you shouldn't have some, this schoolwork looming over you the entire summer. Student, kids should be able to have fun. You know, we, we don't, of all ages, I'm not just talking about elementary school kids, right? All of our students should be able to just have fun and enjoy in the summer with some opportunities for maintenance. So I'm interested in everybody's kind of take on how do we balance out, you know, how have you worked to balance out that idea that we are hoping students will maintain skills so that they come back ready to roll in this beginning of the school year, but also have an opportunity to disconnect, to have fun, to relax, to to just be kids. You know, we've lost sight of the idea that kids should be able to just be kids. Um, to that point, you know, I kind of want to dive in a little bit to the maintenance concept and also the choice concepts um, that you had mentioned previously. Uh, I like to use the analogy and the comparison. It's like physical fitness. Um, you got to keep moving, you know, just to just to maintain uh, your your fitness level. Uh, if you imagine taking two months off over the summer and just sit on the couch and not do anything, when it come back around two months later, you're going to be at a deficit. Um, it seems like the parallel between fitness just kind of makes sense in our minds, and the same thing is true with our, our academic fitness. Uh, so if you will, this is opportunity is almost like uh, we've got different opportunities for academic fitness here to, to stay sharp, to stay um, moving and and. To the second point about choice, it's a way that we could possibly make that experience fun. Uh, I had the same summer experiences that you had with a required text that by the time I got halfway through that and I it was miserable drudgery, uh, I would give up. Um, here, we are encouraging choice. Uh, the research indicates that there are three things that support students' literacy development. Time spent reading, access to books you find fascinating, and expert instruction. Without the expert instruction over the summer, those two things are really important. Just time spent reading for that academic fitness, and the second one being access to books you find fascinating. Another kind of advantage to this is we want you to read lots of books of your own choosing. You don't have to read Shakespeare to get better at reading, but you got to read just to stay sharp at reading. Um, and I like our, our design as well because inadvertently a previous design might have been limiting, where if you had assigned three texts, that kind of tells the message three and done. We've got students reading four, five, six books because they just found a series they love. They, they found a graphic novel that they're really fascinated with. Um, so to keep up that you know, academic fitness is something that we're really trying to champion here in Roxbury Schools. And I, Sorry, I'm going to jump in before anybody else can because I just want to make a point here to what Eric just said. While the expectation could be three, you have students, because they're highly motivated and highly invested in their own choices, are reading four, five, six books. Um, the reality is with that idea of allowing choice, the student who would read zero might read one, right? And so the conversation we have kind of struggled with that has helped you all to develop the program and pieces that you have is, would we rather students do something or nothing, right? Because if if the something we ask them to do is something they are completely disconnected from, uninterested in, they might do nothing. And if they do nothing, that's worse than doing something. Um, and so, you know, we certainly we need to prepare a framework. If we just sent every student out into the summer, like, hey, we hope you do something, most Let's be fair. Most students probably aren't going to, right? So that's why you've all worked very hard to develop the framework you have. And I, I do appreciate the structure, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit too, is the it's encouraging. We've encouraging students to participate in the framework that you all have prepared without the, 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 the I, I, I'm going to use the word threat. I don't want to, but the threat of an assessment upon return. Do these things because when you get back, you're having a test on it. Um, what happens when students didn't do those things, when they're not prepared, you know, and we just start the school year off on this very negative tone, 
Like, what happened? All right, great. I got an F on my first test. Like, nothing motivates a student to get excited about a new school year of learning than an F. Well, and the response you hear to that is, well, they could have, they could have done the reading, they could have done the work. All right, but they didn't. And now their school year has started in the worst possible way, you know. So let's talk about that a little bit, about that how the, how the program and pieces you've all designed hopefully help students feel excited, help support that excitement for returning to school. So that's one of the challenges that I've uh, looked at when designing the science curriculum. I don't want a compliance issue when it comes to doing your summer reading. I want students to say, you know, I took seventh grade science and I learned about life sciences, but I've always been interested in astronomy or the trees or, or whatever else is out there. So each unit in each grade level I've designed encompasses all those topics on a wide variety. So instead of coming in and saying, I didn't, uh, I didn't do my work, I want students to come in in September and say, this is what I learned over the summer. How cool is this aspect in science? And kind of kick their year off in that way. So the compliance measure there, I like that you brought that up, uh, Mr. Mohan. It's, uh, there's a variety of reasons as to why kids wouldn't be compliant over the summer. You know, and we can't necessarily judge all those reasons and the validity behind them. Some may be very valid. You know, I've had to travel abroad all, all summer long. I didn't have time to work on it. Or I had to take care of a younger sibling and I didn't have time to work on it. Or that wasn't my number one priority. Okay. You know, like, so not having that looming assessment happening in September. And like you said, starting the year off terribly. And now all of a sudden there's this pressure in order to do better on my other assessments so I could bring my grades up. Like that's just, it's not conducive to learning. So this is just kind of like, Hey, it's an optional workout. You know, we kind of talked about a little bit about physical fitness too. Um, you know, in high school, there's a lot of sports that do a lot of different camps over the summer that are all optional and stuff like that. It gives you an advantage. It gives you a workout. It's optional. There's no guarantee you're going to make the team. There's no guarantee you're going to be first string or anything like that. But kids show up and they try. And the only reward they get is their intrinsic reward and a shot when the fall comes around in order to make the team and so on. And with regard to choice um, and the summer reading that we have, um, one of the things that we did when we infused social studies into summer reading was the idea we wanted students to make the connections um, to real-life events and find ways in which they could do that with pieces of literature. Um, but also, I wanted to try and create a set of documents and videos that would uh, really resonate with students in a way where maybe they see a bit of themselves in some of the individuals or events that are covered through the social studies lens. And also at the elementary level, aside from just choice, which is engaging for students, especially younger kiddos at the younger grade levels, we also embedded in parent activities to involve the parents too in the process of, the process of their students' learning. So, and I think that's an important factor to take into consideration because it's not about just what the students choose and what's engaging or meaningful to them, but it's also about how can we get the parents involved and make it even more engaging or purposeful through real life activities or through real world conversations or anything like that. So I know me and Miss Bellardino this year really worked on not only embedding in choices um, for the students in terms of activities that relate to the concepts that they learned over the course of the year or even different activities that they could do that are more STEM based or reading based or anything like that in the outdoors. But we provided resources for the parents so that 
you guys can feel like you have the opportunity to know specifically what your child needs to learn in math or grow within math or even learn in ELA or practice with their reading skills or their comprehension skills so that you guys can address it in a more meaningful and purposeful way that really applies to any situation, whether you're over vacation, whether you're having a conversation around the dinner table, whether you're outside planting um, flowers and you're going to talk about area or perimeter. So it really provides you guys the opportunity as parents, too, to know where your students really need to go and have those resources set for you so that the kiddos not only have choice, but they're also engaged in conversation and learning activities with you guys. As my colleague, Miss Kelly, had mentioned, I think it's important to highlight the value of community connections. So when we think about um, learning experiences, our students can have these learning experiences across the Roxbury community, whether they're involved in sports, whether they volunteer, um, they are building communication skills by talking to other friends at Horseshoe Lake or um, being a part of the library program. We have a great connection with the Roxbury Public Library and all the programs that they have to offer this summer. So I encourage families to also bring your kiddos to the, the public library. Um, check out the programs that Rodwa had created for students over the summer, their book collections, and also some of um, the projects and sessions that they hold there. Just to kind of piggyback on those ideas of like parental connections as well. Uh, something that I I really value in ELA and really all these subject areas is the dialogue that parents can have with students about uh, student learning. Uh, for instance, my son's entering third grade, uh, and when he you know talks about a book that he is reading where a character is facing like a dilemma or a challenge, the dialogue that I get to have with my son about these problems uh, is really an awesome experience where you know we get to learn a little bit about each other and uh, help guide him from through some some serious uh, tasks in life. And it's funny that you jumped in there because I was actually going to go parental connection also. So we're on the same wavelength here. And please don't misinterpret this. It's not the school district working to push the responsibility of facilitating summer back onto parents. It's continuing to try to foster a partnership. And so perhaps as a f family, you make a goal. We're all going to read a book together. And maybe we're going to take five or 10 minutes over the dinner table and discuss what we read. You know, something like that. Um, and I just think it... What the message we really want um, by providing that parental connection isn't necessarily for parents to feel like they have to own that thing. It's more about if parents are invested and interested in their children's learning, it sends a message to kids that education is important. And that's one of the primary roles parents can serve. It's there should not be an expectation even during the school year that parents are content experts. That's not the role um, that parents should should be asked or should feel that they have to serve. Now, certainly, if you're skilled or are knowledgeable in an area, jump in there and, and provide some guidance to your child. But the, the best thing parents can do is be that cheerleader, that learning cheerleader, you know, that, that life cheerleader that you serve the role of all the time, that life, sometimes things are hard. Sometimes learning is hard and perseverance matters and productive struggle is important. And, you know, pursuing high interest areas is something that will help you become a better student, become a better, more well-rounded person. And, and that same mentality has um, really kind of um, is consistent with even the program we're offering here at the high school with the consistent ex, uh, expansion of elective programmings and variety of different diverse programs we're offering to students is we want students to be able to become self-directed. We want them to explore high interest things for them. Uh, it's not, in our opinion, I don't want to speak for anybody, but, you know, I said our, but in my opinion, it's not appropriate for a school to put a student on one path and say, do this thing because I said to do it. We, now, listen, That certainly students can't have the 
you know, unanimous input on everything. We have to guide. We have to provide structure and a framework. But there needs to be space within that framework for students to really explore and pursue high-interest things for themselves. And I think this summer learning program that you've all worked so hard to prepare is just an example of that. Excuse me. It's an example of providing a framework where students now get to have voice in their learning, voice in their life. And it provides a structure that parents can support and be that cheerleader, that learning is important and you can play a role in it by demonstrating it. Had do a science experiment, you know, do launch model rockets, you know, read, you know, talk about um, historical context of civic issues, right? P- students are interested in the world around them. Well, how is something we're experiencing now in the world around us relevant to history? How it, what have we learned? How do we get better? Right? The overarching theme we would want with everything is how can we be better tomorrow than we were today? And I'm going to use Eric's expression because I've never heard it before, but I love it. You know, you talk about physical fitness, but academic fitness is the same. You know, how can you be better tomorrow than you were today? What did you do to get better? Um, And so I feel like that should be the theme here and throughout the school year, but that's really the theme we developed this program with is how can you have a choice and a voice in getting better so that when the new school year starts, you can be excited, you can be, and, and you're ready to go. For parents, we uh, our team recommends there's a couple virtual workshops that you could attend to learn a little more about summer learning. Uh, the first one's titled "What Happens Over the Summer Can Dramatically Deepen and Extend Your Child's Academic Prowess." Uh, the second one is "If Your Child Finds Reading or Writing Hard, What Can You Do in the Summer to Support Their Literacy Growth?" So these are all just kind of tips and workshops for parents that are in the evening. Uh, we will drop a link to this with more information and the Zoom link details uh, into the file uh, for the podcast. Yep. So I I think that kind of brings us to the end. Uh, We're going to send out our summer learning letter on that letter, uh, which is signed by me. You will see that the real heavy lifting has come from the individuals you heard from on this podcast with designing and developing websites and links. Uh, Lots of information for students to experience purposeful learning uh, that is self-directed and highly motivational uh, over the summer on that letter. So we'll send that letter out. It'll be on our website like it typically is. And we really hope that you you can take the time to really engage, uh, encourage your children to find something that is purposeful for them over the summer uh, and use those same kind of mantra. How do you get better? How do you, what did you do today to get better for tomorrow? Um, And you know, what, what can you do to continue that? Um, Recognizing that the expectation isn't new learning, really. It's maintenance, it's exposure, it's, you know, getting yourself prepared for the next thing in your learning experience and in your life. And it should be fun. You know, don't forget that the, the one of the great values of the summer is relaxing, reconnecting with your family, going on vacation. Like those are really valuable, important times. Um, you know, that that break is important for all of us, professionals included, you know, parents, teachers, administrators. And, you know, we we find that time just as valuable. So we need to cherish that time with our family because it's gone too quickly. All right. Last uh, any last closing thoughts? Keep a lookout for that letter with additional details uh, and everyone enjoy their summer with a great book and or assignment. Yeah. Enjoy spending time with your family. This is a great time to reconnect, you know, get away from the hustle and bustle of the school year and just experience life together. No matter what you do, keep moving. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks a lot.